Greetings and salutations and welcome back to Make That Make Sense. Yes, Happy New Year. It is a new year. I haven't talked to y'all since December of last year. We are in a new year, 2022. Shout out to God for allowing us to make it to 2022. Man, I, I really feel like I've been gone for like a long time. I feel like I had a child. I had a child in November. This podcast, Make That Make Sense. I had a child and then I left that child and neglected her because I wanted to travel and it was the holidays. But I'm back, bitch. I'm back. So let's get into it. We have a lot to unpack. I went to Africa, Accra, Ghana to be specific. You know, you know that already if you follow me on Instagram, but I went to Africa and um, I'm finally over the jet lag. The jet lag was kicking my ass. I've never had jet lag so bad in my life. Normally, when I switch time zones, I'm able to bounce back in like 48 hours at least. But I was gone for two weeks. So this jet lag was extended, which is why I'm just now releasing the first episode of 2022. Because, again, the jet lag was kicking my ass and I'm a night owl but my ass was going to sleep like at 10 o'clock and waking up like wait what's going on what's what's going on is it time to get up no it's not time to get up because it's six o'clock in the morning and we don't operate on that time not anymore so anywho we're back so let's talk about my second home in the motherland let's get into it Now, on the last episode, I was telling y'all about me planning for this trip and how ready I was to live my best black ass life in Ghana. And I did. (laughs) Show did. Show did. And I did. So where do I start? Because, I mean, I was there for two weeks. Like, and I literally prayed, like, Lord, please let this time go by slow. And God said, say less. Because I promise, like, we were there for two weeks, but time, like, time, it didn't stand still, but time, like, it just gave us time to, like, really be there and immerse ourselves in the culture and the land and just really love it. So, like, it was really a good two weeks well spent. It was not rushed at all. So, hmm, where do I start? Um, Let's start with actually getting to Ghana. Like customs, because let me tell you right now, Ghana don't fuck around with COVID. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And maybe other countries have the same protocols and practices, but this was my first international trip during the pandemic. So I was, you know, like I was impressed. I had to be patient. Don't get me wrong, but I was impressed with how like strict and and procedural Ghana was with how they were handling COVID because like as soon as you get off the plane (laughs) don't pass go and don't collect $200 don't even think about going to the bathroom make sure you sanitize your hands before you cross the threshold into the airport because yes it's mandatory and yes they're watching you Yes, they're watching you to make sure you hit that sanitizer and rub them hands together they don't trust you and I don't blame them people are nasty 
So I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at you at all. Now you're going to get into a single file line and go through all these checkpoints. Take your COVID test that you paid for in advance, even though you took a COVID test before you could even get on the flight. But again, I ain't mad at you because COVID is a business. And, and, and while we're at it, let's pause. Let's pause and let's talk about the COVID business because the motherfuckers in charge about this COVID and the business of it, yeah, you can't convince me otherwise that COVID is not a business. You just can't convince me. It is a business at this point, okay? $150 to test when you land and another 60 to test when you go back. COVID ain't going nowhere because it's too much money to be made off of it. And I'm sick of it. I'm really sick of it. I'm triple vaxxed out here. Thank God I ain't never caught it. But the business of it, yeah, y'all can kiss my ass with that shit. Anyhow, so after taking the tests, let's head to customs and... I hope your bladder hasn't exploded yet because, again, this is like a cattle line and the bathroom is still not available. You ain't seeing that bathroom until you hit like at least, I mean, I think it was like at least seven checkpoints. So, again, patience is needed during this whole process. Now, Ghana requires the yellow fever vaccine. And although I'm tired of taking vaccines, I also know my anxiety is a bitch, okay? I didn't want to be in Ghana thinking, oh shit, am I feeling something? Do a bitch got the yellow fever? Like, I, my anxiety, listen, my anxiety can, she can really go from zero to 100 in a millisecond. So I had to do what was right for me and my body and pay the $260 to get the fucking yellow fever vaccine. I was, I really didn't want to pay that. I really didn't want to pay it, but again, anxiety. So I paid the $260 to get my yellow fever vaccine. I had the customs and the guy checking my card definitely tried to play me. So this was like my first, my first um, experience in Ghana with tipping because tipping is like a thing over there and I ain't judging it. It's just, baby, (laughs) I'm not about to tip you when I paid $260 to get this vaccine. So I hand him my card and he's like, oh, well, this isn't a valid vaccine card. And I just looked at him and I was like, yes, it is. But then I realized he was trying to play me because he was fishing for a tip. And I'm just like, I ain't got no Christmas tip for you, honey. Like, I didn't even want to get this shit, but I did. So you're going to go ahead and look at that card, confirm that it's valid, and I'm going about my merry way. And I did. So that was like my first, uh, not necessarily a lesson, but just like a awareness of how they handle things in Ghana. All of this took maybe 20 minutes. To be honest, everything moved pretty fast. Like I can't, I'm not even really complaining about it. I'm just detailing my experience with it, but everything moved pretty fast. You just got to have patience and a strong bladder because I definitely had to use the bathroom, but shout out to my bladder for being strong and those Kegel exercises. And also shout out to everybody working in the Ghana airport because I mean, like these are pandemic times and we're still traveling, but people are still working and they're, you know, they're, they're at risk for catching COVID being in places like this, I would suppose. So shout out to the people working in the airports all over the world, especially at um Hartsfield <laughs> International in Atlanta because my god we left on Christmas day 
man, that it was a zoo. It was a zoo. I wasn't expecting so many people to be traveling on Christmas, but I guess motherfuckers was like, fuck my family. Yeah. So anywho, we finally get cleared to leave the airport. And when I walk outside, the heat, oh my God, the heat just like punched me in the face like I owed it money or something. Like it was like, ooh. But I don't care because I'm officially in the motherland. And it was just like, I don't know, like, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know. I, I felt I did feel some like pride finally stepping foot in Africa outside the airport. I did. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't cry or anything, but it was just like, I don't know, I was just excited to like finally be done with all the business of traveling and getting to Ghana and actually being in Ghana. It was great. Now I know a lot of people like to call themselves the hostess with the mostest, but I'm here to let y'all know that my host, Kabute, he's holding down that title just fine. So the rest of y'all can go ahead and get behind him. Because Kabute, like, he he was everything that I could have asked for in a host, truly. Truly gracious, patient. He kept us going. He had stuff planned for us. Like, he... He did what needed to be done. As we like to say, he understood the assignment. So I want to say thank you to him. I want to say thank you to Elias, Kofi, and Jude, who were his, um, I guess, assistant host or whatever. And like they, they all just played such an integral part in this trip. They all were patient with us. They dealt with our estrogen attitudes. Or maybe it was just my estrogen attitude. Um, sorry, y'all. I know I can be a lot sometimes. But... They they did they they really made sure that we were having a good time and I just I appreciate people like that. I appreciate people who actually give a fuck and they gave a fuck. So thank you. If you're listening, y'all, I wanna say thank you. I wanna say I appreciate you. And thank you to his family as well, because we met a lot of his family. You can't tell me that I ain't got aunties and uncles in Ghana now. And when my visa is up, I'm getting me a Ghana passport, baby. So talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. I'm about to be Ghanaian. Yeah, I'm about to be Ghanaian. Black people, I get. I just want to urge y'all, take that trip to Africa. Like, Ghana specifically. But even if not Ghana, just take the trip to Africa, man. Like, I know we have our issues with Black Americans and Africans across the diaspora, but like... Everyone was so welcoming there. I had so many people say welcome home to me numerous times and they meant it. They really meant it. So take the trip. I know we travel everywhere in the world, but it's like we need we need more people going to Africa. It's lit over there and it's black over there. Hello. If you go to Ghana or anywhere in Africa, I suppose, let me help you pack. Leave the skirts. The shorts and the dresses at home. I mean, not really, but don't be like me and bring all skirts and dresses because the mosquitoes out there, oh, they feast daily. I am quite sure that I fed families, generations of mosquitoes with my thighs, the way they were eating up on me. Like they was just, "Mm, we love black thigh meat. Mm, So good over here. Like they was tearing my ass up and I was foolish enough to not be wearing repellent because repellent normally has a repellent smell but after they got me we went to the beach and I forgot to put on repellent and I had on I mean if you know me then you know I had on a skimpy bathing suit 
And they was like, great, because we're going to get all your exposed body. And they got my ass. They got me so good. And I'm like a kid. I'm a scratch. So my small bites turned into huge, big old red continents on my thigh. So yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. So just remember that the mosquitoes run things in the wild out there as far as like insects that fly go. Yeah, they run things and they're going to eat your ass up, okay? You're going to feed a generation of mosquito families like I did if you don't pack smart. But the real mosquito hack is skin so soft. Yeah, you'll have to hit up your local Avon lady for that. Skin so soft. I don't know what it is about that oil. It smells heavenly, but I don't know what it is about that oil, but like it's keeping the mosquitoes away. My friend Toya, who came on the trip, with me she will she invited me to be clear but we went on the trip and she brought skin so soft and she was using that and her essential oils and she barely had problems with the mosquitoes so yeah something about the skin so soft it is skin so soft has been around for decades i'm quite sure i'm quite sure but the skin so soft has the formula okay but enough about mosquitoes because i really don't know what the purpose is for them i'm gonna consult with god about that later and Google, because I really would like to know what is the purpose of a mosquito, what is their purpose on Earth. But enough about them. Let's talk about the food. Let's talk about the motherfucking food. First and foremost, can we abolish the FDA or at least hire some ethical people to run things over there? Because I promise, unless you're living outside of America or unless you farm and grow your own food, I promise you the food we eat over here... Nah, you can't tell me that shit is real. Ain't no way, bro. The FDA, them and Big Pharma and the powers that be, I am blaming them for all the shit that they pump into our food and and have our bodies not knowing how to digest shit and how to how to process the shit and getting bloated for no damn reason and all the health problems that we have. They're working together, okay? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but they're working together because... I ate rice every day in Ghana, okay? I ate rice every day. And let me tell you something about me. Rice is a reward meal for me. <laughs> I don't, I eat rice, ooh, baby. I eat rice like every other week normally because rice, you know, we, we have a love-hate relationship. I love rice, but my body hates the way that it makes me gain weight and get bloated and yes I'm working on my body issues this year I'm going to be kind to myself but still I know how my I know how my body reacts to certain foods however I ate rice every day in Ghana I ate rice every day I was never bloated my stomach stayed flat the entire time like so something ain't adding up here so that lets me know basically I can't trust the food in America Cause I'm eating rice every day. I'm eating big meals. You know what I'm saying? They ain't skimpy over there with the meals. You gonna eat around here? Cause we like our woman curvy. Shout out to all the curvy women in Africa. Oh, we're thriving over there. We truly are thriving. I am in the wrong country. But yeah, like the rice, the stews, uh, the food in Ghana is just so nourishing. It's so good. It's so real, spicy and. My body enjoyed that shit. Like, 
I was worried about gaining weight on my vacation. Like legit worried. I was like, I bought clothes to work out in. Didn't need them. Pretty sure I probably lost weight on vacation because I was eating real food. (laughs) Now I did try some local food, but unfortunately my taste buds aren't that adventurous. Yeah. As much as I wanted to like fufu and I really wanted to like fufu. I was like, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to get me some fufu. I'm going to eat with my hands. Yeah. I was excited. I ate the fufu with the goat. Hated it. Um, and I was really like, I was really, y'all don't understand. Like I, first of all, I ate it wrong. I was eating with two hands and they was looking at me like, what the hell is she doing? But I was really trying to like break. I knew when I first tried it, like in the first bite, I was like, "Mm, yeah, I don't think I'm going to like this. The stew that it was in, love the stew. Like their stew sauces and stuff is just, it hits every time. But the fufu and the goat that I had with it, I kept trying to break it up in small pieces with both hands because I was like, I'm going to like this. I am going to like this. I was going to will myself to like it. And my taste buds was like, but sis, we don't like it. Give us the jollof rice, please. And I just, I, I don't like fufu. And I didn't want to, I didn't want, I didn't want that to be my experience, but my taste buds, they rejected it. And they also rejected the goat. Now I did have the goat barbecue the first time that I had it on the skewer. And I didn't, I I love that. That was good. I think I just, maybe I like my goat cooked very well. Cause in a stew, it's not, you know, barbecued and stewed goat, two totally different textures. So barbecued goat, I can eat. I probably wouldn't eat a lot of it, but I can still eat it and enjoy it. Stewed goat, no thank you. I I ate one piece and apparently when they do stewed goat, they just put like all the goat in there. Like you don't know what piece you're eating. And as I'm trying to eat this goat and force myself to like it, I ate a piece that really just like, it kind of like slapped my taste buds in the wrong direction. And I was like, yep, I'm done. I'm done. Don't know what that piece was, but did not agree with me. And I'm officially done with it. So I really did try to enjoy the goat. But Billy the goat ain't got to worry about me eating him. No, you will live and thrive around me, honey. But also, for my Americans who are misinformed about tilapia fish, it's real. Tilapia fish is real. It's big and it's so good. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me let me amend that. Tilapia fish is real in Ghana and probably other places too, but not in America. Don't trust the tilapia fish in America. Pretty sure that that shit is phony. Phony like most things in America. But yeah, overall, the food in Ghana is nourishing and healing, eating real food daily that's full of spices, man, it's kind of hard to stay sick over there because like you're constantly eating the food that is meant to heal your body. And it did. Like we, we had like, I feel like our body caught up with the environment. Like it was like a day before New Year's, I think. And we kind of all woke up with like scratchy throats and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, is it COVID? Is it COVID? Did she finally get us? And it wasn't. It wasn't COVID at all. I'm here to let you know. We drank some hibiscus tea. We was drinking pineapple ginger juice like it was water. 
And like within probably 32 hours, we was about we was back to like health because the food is literally healing over there because it's real. Okay, it's it's crack in a bottle. That pineapple ginger is crack in a bottle. And you can't tell me otherwise. Like if I could have brought some of that back, I would have. That shit was so damn good. And it's a guaranteed boost to your immune system. So overall, the food in Ghana, I miss it. I miss it. I love it. I want some more um, stewed tilapia. Oh, my God. I'm coming back for that food. If I don't come back for nothing else, know that I'm coming back for that food. Period. So when you go to Ghana, not if, because... I'm encouraging you to go to Ghana and you're going to listen to me and you're going to go and you're going to experience it and you're going to love it. But when you go to Ghana, I'm sure you will tour the castles where the slaves were held and traded and locked up in the dungeons and treated like animals, but well, less than animals, to be honest with you. So, yeah, we went on the tours of the castles and that was a really heavy day not gonna lie to you that was a really heavy day I knew it would be a heavy day but I I just I don't know like I you set your expectations for that kind of stuff but you really don't know how you're gonna feel until you actually get there and when we went to the Elmina castle which was like one of the bigger castles where a a lot of the slaves were held we went to the Elmina castle um as soon as I like walked into the entrance like of the main courtyard or whatever you want to call it. It's like my spirit, it, it immediately, it immediately shifted. It immediately shifted and was triggered. I felt the energy. It, it was like, I don't know. It was like my spirit just had to acknowledge whatever spirit or energy was there. Like it, it felt it. And I'm a cry baby, but I don't cry in public. It's not my thing. Like I, I just, I don't like crying in public, but those first five minutes of being there, I was discreetly wiping tears the entire time. Like I didn't want nobody to see me crying because I didn't want nobody thinking I was being dramatic or anything like that. But I, I was so moved. I was so moved and I just, I couldn't hold back. Like I was crying and I, I had to pull myself together to like do the actual tour because I was like, I'm going to be crying on this entire damn tour if I don't get it together. So, you know, I cried within those first five minutes. I acknowledged where I was and acknowledged whatever spirits and energy that might still be dwelling there. And, you know, I went ahead with the tour, but it was definitely something that I had to like. My spirit, it it, it just automatically was triggered when I went there. So just know when you go, you might have the same experience because, yeah, it's definitely like that. Most definitely. But let's talk about the Caucasians on these castle tours. Yeah, yeah, we, we're going to talk about the whites. We are. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't saying that they can't tour them. I'm not saying that at all. But know your place. Now, I'm pretty straightforward and direct, as most of you know, if you can't tell by now. I don't try to be rude, but I will be honest. And sometimes I say exactly what's on my mind without thinking about how it's going to be received because like I don't know like <laughs> it'll be a message in my mind and before I can intercept it it's coming out of my mouth so sorry not sorry so 
these castles are obviously triggering. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be touring these castles with white folk. Because triggering. But if I must, don't be alarmed when I'm triggered and blurt something out. That's all I'm saying. If I got to look at you while I'm touring these castles where my ancestors were held, don't be alarmed if I'm triggered and say some shit sideways to you or out loud. Because I did. Mm -hmm. She did. She did. So we're on a castle tour and we're in this dungeon and our guide is like, let's go to the other side of the dungeon so you can see how much worse it is from this part. And he's like, but only five of you can go at one time because it's small over there. So I see this white girl eager to get eager to go first. And I boldly said out loud, black people first. Because why are you so eager to go see dungeons where Africans were enslaved? Hmm? Make that make sense. Why are you so eager to get over there and see them dungeons before the black people who are actually here to to witness this tour and, and learn more about our ancestors? But your ass is eager to go, get over there. It, it don't make sense to me. Know your place. So I was triggered. <laughs> and I'm like, get your ass to the back of the line. And I ain't sorry about it. I mean, we joked about it afterwards, but I mean, it just, it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. Like, girl, what? <laughs> Why is she here, Ike? I don't know. But shout out to the white, the older white lady on the next tour because she barely went into those dungeons and she stayed in the back of the group the entire time because she knew her place and she understood the assignment. That's all I'm saying. Like, if you're going to be white and touring these castle tours, just understand that you are amongst black people who are probably being triggered the entire time they're on this tour. So don't be so eager to go in the dungeon. Don't make no damn sense. But enough about white folk who didn't pass the vibe check. Okay, I thoroughly enjoyed myself in Ghana. Thoroughly. I have family over there now. I got aunties, I got uncles, I got cousins. I got a passport that I got to get. <laughs> Ghana is beautiful. The people are beautiful. The food is top notch. And I truly feel so blessed that I had this opportunity to have, to have gone to Ghana and had such an amazing trip with some beautiful souls. Like I'm it was a blessing. It truly was a blessing. So I strongly encourage black Americans to visit. A, because I know you won't regret it, but also if more of us go to Africa frequently, I feel like the flight prices will come down, you know, like, but right now, a lot of us don't, like, more people are going, but we need some more. We need some more to go because them flight prices, whew, they steep, but honestly, the flight would probably be the most expensive thing about the trip that you have to pay for, so just do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and do it. And shout out to the creative community in Ghana. Ghana has some real talent and artists. And I hope and pray the conversations we had about investing in the arts continue to happen over there because they are working to change the narrative behind the creative lifestyle. Like the kind of, like we went to um, Essie I can't remember her last name, but she had an event over there and our host had an event. And this was just for creatives to get together and collab and and talk about how they could push the creative community forward in Ghana, because that is not something that is definitely a privilege that we have in America. Like black people in America, like we're still 
fighting for those same opportunities and pay and stuff like that. But we are being seen. We do have the resources. We do have the support. And it's just not the same in Ghana. So I'm hoping and praying that change comes soon for the creative community because they got a lot of talent over there. I mean, fashion designers, producers, directors, writers, actors. Listen, if Ghana's entertainment industry was on the same level as America's, y'all wouldn't see me no more because again, the curvy girls are thriving over there, honey. The curvy girls are thriving. They're the leading ladies. And I love that for them. I love that for them. But yeah. So, oh, and I also plan on binging all the popular Ghanaian movies so I can be hip when I come back. You know, I want to understand some things, you know, so I'm going to watch the movies. I think I'm going to start with Who Killed Nancy. But if you're Ghanaian and listening to this and you have some suggestions, I'm open to suggestions. So please let me know what you think. I love Ghana. Like, I have nothing bad to say about Ghana. Ghana has this issues like any other country, but Ghana is beautiful. And I see while everyone is going over there now. So I just encourage you to go and experience it on your own. And just, uh, you're going to fall in love with it. It's impossible not to fall in love with Ghana. I have nothing but good things to say about Ghana. In fact, my only real concern in Ghana would be the roads. It's clear that the government is not investing money in the roads over there because if you hit a hole over there, baby, your car is going to need more than an alignment and so is your neck and your back. Trust me on that. Pay attention to the roads. Do not take your eyes off the roads and also beware of the drivers. Everyone is driving like they're in Mario Kart over there. And I get, you know, like, it's the flow of the traffic. You know, like, here in America, if if, every, if everyone is going 70, 80, don't be over there going 50 because you're not going the flow of traffic. So everyone is driving like they're in Mario Kart. But for me and my anxiety, I want to ride with the people who drive like they got some sense. Because we was in the Uber one night and I literally watched us all put our seatbelt on with caution, like, Lord, please just let us make it home. Because it, the driving is insane over there. So just set your expectations for the driving. Make sure you have your seatbelt on. Make sure you pay attention to the holes in the road because they are atrocious. I'm not even going to lie to you. They are atrocious. But that's like the only real con that I got to say about Ghana. And that's just, you know, something to set your expectations for. But I damn sure won't be getting in the Uber next time over there. It it will be a last resort. Oh, God, I cannot. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all y'all might have the worst Uber drivers. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I don't really make resolutions anymore. I'm more about being intentional and setting the right intentions being intentional about the things that I say to myself and the actions that I take and the plans that I make. It's, I'm all about making sure that my intentions are aligned with my purpose and my higher self. So I hope y'all set some positive intentions for yourself this year. Be kind to yourself. I know for me personally, I will not be body shaming myself this year because body shaming has not done anything positive for me. So Yes, I'm finally realizing that at 37 years old, it takes time. It takes time. Be kind to yourself. 
And if you get the privilege to travel this year, do it. You deserve. Okay. That's a part of being kind to yourself. That's a part of self-care, honey. In the words of St. Augustine, the world is a book and those who do not travel read only one page. Well, friends, that's all. Be sure to look me up on Instagram for visuals on my Ghana trip. You can find me at Bridget.Nicole. That is B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T-E period, period, (laughs) N-I-C-O-L-E. Until next time, keep thriving and keep surviving. Bye.